Uh, thanks very much, Cluid, and thanks for the opportunity to, uh, to come and talk to you today. Uh, so as Cluid mentioned, I run an agency called HubDo. We do HubSpot, it's easy. Um, but uh, I seldom deal directly with end clients who are using HubSpot. Uh, I support agencies, actually. And I guess if you're doing inbound, you want to know who are the people that you help. So I work with marketing consultants, actually, and sales consultants who want to do inbound and then they get frustrated or overwhelmed or daunted by what it takes to do inbound really well. There's a lot of moving parts to get it right, uh, so that's what we do. And I'm trapped behind him. So uh, thanks for the opportunity to, uh, to speak about inbound. When, uh, when Cluid and I talked about uh, coming and, and being part of the presentation with, with Vidyard and with HubSpot today, uh, we had the inbound conference coming up at the beginning of September. So this is an update on inbound.com, which sounds like a website. It's also talking about the event. Who here has been to inbound in Boston before as an event? Few folks, great. Uh, so it's quite a scale of an event. It's been uh, running for, for several years. My first time there was last year, first visit. So today I wanted to talk to you about what is that event? Is it just a HubSpot gig? Uh, what is it all about as an inbound event and to talk about what's changed actually because inbound is not the same methodology that you may have learned a year or two ago. It's evolving because your customers are evolving and you're evolving. So we'll talk about that and then I'll touch on the, the software changes as well, particularly for the HubSpot users or people considering HubSpot as a platform uh, of what's new. There's a lot of new stuff to cover. So I'll get that in, in, uh, in the next half hour for you. So Inbound 18 as an event, it happens at, at, in Boston in this enormous conference centre, 23,000 people, it's 330 breakout sessions. So to give you a summary of all 330, uh, we're not going to try and do that. I'll give you an essence of what Inbound is really about. And what does Inbound mean anyway? It's obviously the opposite to Outbound. But to be Inbound is about aligning your business and what you do with the way that your ideal clients like to research and buy today. And we're all consumers as well, right? And we saw coming through in this year's event, particularly with uh, the keynote speakers, of the messaging around human stories. Because Inbound, as an event, uh, what it's for, it's about business, but it's really about the human side of business, about being helpful to the customers that you serve rather than just exploiting an opportunity. Outbound would be interrupting people in what they're doing, saying, look at me, look at me. Um, whereas the inbound approach is to uh, deliver value and create pathways that attract your ideal clients to you. Like I do for marketing consultants, I want to deliver value and the right people who need what we do hopefully will find me in an inbound way. But the big change is trust. That's been the massive change. Uh, trust in journalists under pressure, trust in politicians, trust in CEOs. So what's really changed is that we don't believe what we're told there so much as readily anymore, but word of mouth has risen to number one. And you'll see that coming through as to what's changed in inbound, is you need people talking positively about you because we believe the person sitting next to us in the audience, you'll believe them most likely over anything that I say today. That's just how, how we're changing. Now, uh, last year at Inbound, uh, the, the uh, rush to the back of this room, this is just kind of the open area where Vidyard and other 
other vendors are presenting what they do uh, along with HubSpot. There was a cram of people to the back of this room to try and get a seat to see Michelle Obama. She was a keynote, uh, you know, one of the main keynotes. And of course, we all wanted to see Michelle Obama. And uh, sat in, in a powerful session where she made 23,000 people feel like it was a fireside chat. Talking about the pain of raising teenagers in the White House when uh, Sir Paul McCartney's downstairs and uh, they don't want to come out of their bedrooms. And all of these kind of human side of, of, of the story of that. So how does that relate to, to business? Well, inbound, it is about business, but it's about the human helpful side of, of business and who, who, you, who you assist. So unlike the Michelle Obama uh, kind of highlight for, for many of us last year, uh, this is one of the talks that was a highlight for me. So um, Scott Harrison, who's the head of Charity Water. Anyone heard of this charity before? Some? So he told his story of how he ended up really on the far side of where you want to be. He was a nightclub promoter, and so he was wrapped up in everything that that world has, from the money and the drugs and all of the things that... Until he had an, an epiphany and decided, this is not where I want to be. Uh, I'll go and help. I'll help on a hospital ship. And when he was there uh, in third world countries seeing all of the um, disease and, and problems that they were solving. And a doctor there said to him, well, actually, if you can stop people having to drink the water on the left, they wouldn't need to come here under my scalpel. Could you go and do something about that? So he decided to look into it and realised that a lot of people are born, grow up and die having drunk the water on the left their whole life. And you can imagine putting it under the microscope of what it looks like. It's, it's horrible, but it just is what it is, right? Uh, so he figured, well, could I solve that? And part of the reason that Scott was talking is because uh, he approached it in an inbound way. He wanted to help deliver clean water, but he needed money as a charity. And I started talking about trust, trust in charities as well. How much of my money is actually going to go to clean water versus being eaten up by the charity? He learned pretty quickly that people weren't going to readily give unless he could solve that. So he thought about his ideal client. His ideal client is actually the person who will give the money to solve this problem. So he tackled it in a couple of ways. First of all, which is uh, ingenious really, but very, very simple. I guess the best ideas are really simple. So what he did was separated it almost like into two bank accounts within the business. The bank account to run the business to pay for the offices and the wages and all of those costs associated, every cost for running the charity and went to celebrities and other philanthropists and got that fully funded. So no need for any money there at all. And then just focus on raising the funds. So he was able to overcome the trust of separating those out. And then if you were giving to this charity, you, you receive information about the GPS coordinates and the village where the tap is that you've helped pay for where a million-dollar rig came in, drilled, created water, and now 300 people in that village don't have to drink the water on the left anymore. And you can look up on a web page to see how many litres of water every day are flowing through to the village that you've helped. Really simple, but very inbound and very powerful. Uh, he told a lot of personal stories mixed into this, and he had uh, a room of 23,000 people in tears um, uh, about this, which was really powerful. But I wanted to convey to you that this is what inbound is. A lot of the breakouts... Yes, they do go into the depths of what's new around Facebook ads and custom audiences and, 
and uh, all of those associated technicalities and CRMs and so forth. But this is all about the human side of it. So he was able to explain uh, how they've successfully so far helped 8.4 million people go from drinking the water on the left to the water on the right. And then he talked about uh, the fact that he's got another 663 million to go. So he's just got to do what he's done 79 times and he'll have solved it, but he'd really like to do it in his lifetime. So he was appealing to the audience to how they could help, help the cause. So this was the Michelle Obama talk for many of us this year. But uh, the, the lady behind Grey's Anatomy, uh, many story writers, because we love stories. Uh, so Inbound was really about stories. And, and of course, you'll hear from Michael with stories moving to video of how critical that is now as well and why HubSpot's integrated video into the platform by default. So the message was grow, but grow better. I love what inbound attracts. It tends to attract people who like to help. And I like that. So as a, as a symbol, as uh, what inbound was about from a business context of what's changed in, uh, in an inbound methodology, if you've learned the inbound methodology, because you know there's all these procedures you can apply to your business to say, we want to do inbound, so we need to do attract and convert and close and delight, and we want to take the inbound uh, persona into account of the customer journey and all of these elements. So there's models you can apply, right, to say, well, yeah, if we do those things, then we're, we're being more inbound-like. Um, but now there's this thing, this wheel. Because what we heard this year was the death of the funnel. Somewhere in your offices, if you're involved in marketing and sales, you'll have funnels drawn somewhere. You'll have people moving through a process, conversion rates uh, of turning inquiries or website visits into leads and nurturing those leads, uh, hopefully not pounding people with email automation, but probably doing something to keep them connected, working with GDPR now to make all of that still work in a customer-friendly way. Uh, but now there's this thing. So I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, this. This is the flywheel. Uh, Brian Halligan and uh, Damesh Shah are the two co-founders of HubSpot. Together they published a book in 2009 called Inbound Marketing and that really uh, explained why they built the HubSpot software was to allow businesses to do inbound marketing. You don't have to have HubSpot to do inbound marketing. You can use uh, Salesforce, Marketo. You can you know, pick, pick what you like, really, but applying it in an inbound way. So Brian talked about ye oldie funnel, uh, of how the funnel uh, isn't a great model any longer on its own. I don't go away completely. I'll we'll talk about where it still fits. But if you look at the funnel, this, this basic model behind Brian has marketing and sales, and then the customer pops out the bottom. Now, if word of mouth is the number one thing that would bring leads into the top of your funnel, that's broken. That's fundamentally the reason to move to the flywheel. So we'll go into that in a little more detail. Now, um, Brian didn't come up with the flywheel idea, but what HubSpot are great at is methodology. So take an idea that somebody else is doing, but turn it into something you can take back to your team, take into the business and say, I think we should do this. Uh, and he delivers the tools and the software and the methodologies to do that. So let's have a look at, uh, at what he's done uh, with that. So Jeff Bezos, um, from selling books to 
selling anything that he likes, really, um, describes his business as a flywheel in a circle because he's got multiple suppliers, he has a lot of choice, he works on fantastic customer delivery, whether it's by drone or, or whatever it is. He's thinking about you as a customer all the time, but not as an endpoint that drops out the bottom. Uh, that's just the beginning of the journey. His flywheel is getting larger and heavier and faster. And uh, right now, I guess there's, there's no sign of that thing stopping. So Brian really latched on to that concept and then worked away on it for a while to come back to inbound a month ago to present to Cluedon and I and those who, who were there, what this looks like. So he created a flywheel. Uh, he's taken what was the inbound methodology of uh, attract and convert and close and delight into this continuous circle of attract and engage and delight. So not rocket science, but it's a simple idea. And the more time you spend on it, uh, the, the more powerful you realise it is, that it actually does change things at a fundamental level. It's changing things in our company as well, as Hub do. We're looking at how we apply different thinking using this. Uh, so how does that work? Well, it's not just that it's a circle. It's really important that it's a flywheel. Uh, you may not be 100% clear on what a flywheel is unless you've opened the gearbox of an engine before uh, or you're involved in um, space or GPS positioning um, and so forth. Uh, so what's a flywheel? Um, that's not a flywheel. Um, but uh, sometimes business feels like that. <laughs> sometimes your job feels like that, that as soon as you step off the wheel, it will stop. So it's not a flywheel. Uh, that's a flywheel. The, the heavy disc in a spinning bike is something that I just woke up one morning and thought, actually, that's a flywheel that everybody uh, either has seen or could relate to. Because although the bike doesn't go anywhere, uh, the wheel itself is quite heavy. And so when you start to, to push on the pedals, it's a little hard to get it going because of the weight of the wheel. But as it starts to go, it builds momentum. So in fact, it would take a bit of energy to suddenly make it stop. Because like Amazon, that weight is, uh, is like a stored energy being unlocked. And the bigger and the heavier the flywheel, the harder it is to stop. So this is the change in the thinking, is to think in a flywheel. But there's two other really important parts of the analogy here for uh, this guy pedaling. The wheel wouldn't do anything on its own unless you had force. So simple here, we're applying that with a bit of pedaling. But in your business, your force is coming from people being attracted into the business and also what's happening within the, within the sales funnel. If there's a really positive sales experience, that's applying positive force to, to the business. But on the delight side, if you've got people who love what you do and are telling their friends about what you do, that is all positive force to your flywheel. So the, the pedaling here is the positive force. And then there's that pesky uh, plus minus knob uh, that's sitting there on the frame uh, where you can then make it harder for yourself by adding friction, by tightening that up. And your business has friction today. Every time a customer says, well, I thought that was going to be delivered on Monday and now it's Wednesday, it's friction. So we'll talk about adding positive force and removing friction. And if you can do those two things right, your flywheel gets bigger and heavier. Really simple, but really powerful. And it's still inbound because we're still attracting and delighting. So what has Brian done uh, in taking this and giving you the tools so you can not go back and talk about exercise bikes with the team, uh, but actually do something that relates to your own business? 
So we're shifting from a better product era to a better customer experience era. era. So customer experience, CX, you know, it's been a big thing for some time now. How do we delight our customers better? So here we're doing it instead of with a funnel, we want to do it with a flywheel so we can create some perpetual motion, put some stored energy into this thing. So Brian talked about moving from this funnel, which is full of friction, to a flywheel where you can try and remove as much friction as, as you possibly can. Uh, and so he's come up with a, uh, you know, being, um, uh, being uh, MIT, I think, I think, Lewis. All our MIT guys, he's got a formula for it. So um, if this is your thing, uh, this is uh, that your growth is a function of your marketing and of your sales and of happy customers, but he's got customers to the power of two because that's so much more important than the others now, is customer delight. And then putting that over friction because uh, the, the more friction you have, the less growth you can unlock. And growth is making your flywheel bigger. So the tools to, that I wanted to make you aware of, if you haven't gone and watched the key, keynotes, you can watch uh, Brian's presentation on YouTube. Uh, if this is interesting to you, I'd encourage you to do that. It's very good and uh, uh, brings it to life. What Brian's done is, is measured the flywheel for HubSpot of working out where's all the positive peddling going on on this wheel from attracting people to HubSpot by offering tools that may help them just being a helpful company, offering the HubSpot software for free at its most basic level so you can just kick the tyres and try it out. These are all ways that they're adding positive force to the flywheel. You're right. That's, that's friction right there. <laughs> um, through to uh, your, your promoters, of course. So there's measurements. So you, um, now what's happening on hashtag our flywheel is that Brian's got people who were in that audience where they're showing the, the shots of their whiteboards. They've gone back to their offices and they're brainstorming. Where's our positive force in our flywheel? How could we add more positive force? Where's our friction? How could we remove it? So he's begun a conversation. And now the sharing of those flywheels, you can already see examples of our customers are, are uh, applying that thinking to their own business. So um, he gave us homework. You're free to take this as homework, if you like, from, from today as well as a, as a takeaway uh, with the flywheel of measuring your own flywheel. Uh, really easy to remember. Ourflywheel.com is uh, a website that gives you the explanation and a link into a um, HubSpot Academy training course that you can just sit through. It's only short, but it does a much better job than I of, uh, of explaining uh, how this came about and gives you the tools to use it. You can download the slides, do your own flywheel. Uh, then there's Darmesh. Uh, so um, Helen, who, who really runs Hubdo, who's back further in the audience, um, we got a chance to catch up with Darmesh. That's a nice thing at uh, going to Inbound, is it? Pretty much everyone from HubSpot that we want to catch up with is there. Uh, and Darmesh is, Darmesh is a co-founder. Hates standing up and presenting, uh, but he'll do so because he has to. And I really, I think Darmesh is the heart of, of HubSpot to me. And Damesh talked about the HubSpot culture code. You might have even read this. It's had like 4 million plus views on it of, uh, of what HubSpot's own culture code is that attracts them. They've just been voted number one place to work for in, I don't know if it's the world, is it, guys, Brian? Yeah, congratulations. I mean, as number one of 
yeah, a, a pretty competitive space is incredible. So the culture code is a big part of that at, uh, at HubSpot. We hang around a lot of HubSpot people and, and they're good people. So from the culture code, what, what uh, Brian zeroed in on though is uh, uh, solve for the customer as part of the culture code, solve for the customer. So Dimesh is looking at, well, so how does this apply to the flywheel? Are we thinking about ourselves too much? Because I think as businesses, we might say we're customer-centric, but quite often we're actually self-centric. Um, you know, customer-obsessed can be a little self-obsessed. may not be your business, but I'm sure you know uh, businesses that don't quite act in the way that they um, expose that, the, that they do. So what's in that? So what, what Dimesh has done, think of that plus-minus knob on the exercise bike of the friction. Dimesh developed a customer code. So um, from the, the code that was more about the internal staff at HubSpot, uh, the customer code is more about you. And, uh, and in true engineering fashion, uh, he's come up with a few measurement points and tools that you can use for this as well. So he talked about five of the nine measurement points about removing friction. Uh, I love the, how uh, some of these are developed, and he, he whittled it down to nine. One of these, earn my attention but don't steal it. So like if, if I sent you something and I said, oh, could you, could you please read this? And it's going to take you 10 minutes to read it. Have I sent it to you because of you or I've sent it because of me? And if you're going to waste 10 minutes on something and think, oh, you know, I, oh that's 10 minutes of my life I won't get back. Um, I've stolen your time. So this is inbound thinking is adding more value than you're taking away and not stealing time. Uh, another really good example was own your screw-ups. Um, which was really interesting because that inbound uh, HubSpot had a, had a trip up with some of their software and had an outage and then needed to come out and own that screw up right there and then. Um, so it was very timely and I'm sure it wasn't planned. Um, we all make mistakes. Just say sorry and make it better. Because on the previous slide where we talked about stealing time, uh, statistics were that 86% of people, if, if you get an unwanted outreach from a company, that your view of that company degrades to be interrupted. It's not viewed in a positive way. Um, owning your screw-ups, if we admit when we've made a mistake and just say sorry, uh, that the opinion of the company goes up. And it's highly likely that you keep using them. Uh, it gave a really great example of um, Kentucky Fried Chicken, or KFC, um, of when they ran out of an important ingredient, which is chicken. <laughs> um, so they ran a full-page ad uh, which is this, which I think is just brilliant. Um, and the headline is, uh, we're sorry. So own your screw-ups, say, hey, we, uh, we, uh, we made a mistake and we're really sorry and we'll try to not let that happen again. Really simple stuff. Um, this is taking friction out because, uh, yes, sometimes they may run out of chicken again, but they've reduced friction by, by just owning the problem and approaching it in that way every time. Uh, so there's nine separate measures I wanted to, I won't uh, go through them all, just wanted to share a couple of those. Um, number 10 is uh, do what's right, even when it's hard. So I'll give you the links of how you can get to the page where all this information is uh, and think about it because again, with uh, HubSpot producing tools and methodologies, so you can go back and uh, have a think about this for your own business, uh, is a scorecard. So this is what uh, Damesh has done to start 
is to score themselves, HubSpot scoring their own customer code. How are we doing on these scores? So right now giving themselves a 7.1. So good, room for improvement. And, uh, and this uh, gives discussion points on, on each of those points that Damesh felt the customer code was really helpful. So I thought there's, there's two really good tools. Uh, at Hubdo, we're looking at both of them. The flywheel for positive uh, momentum and uh, the customer code to remove friction. That's what's really different about inbound uh, to me. Inbound, if you, if you did the uh, HubSpot Academy course and you were certified in inbound, you'll find that the new inbound certification is all about the flywheel as the methodology for inbound. So if you haven't done, it's time to update. And like I say, you don't need HubSpot software to do uh, inbound. It's more of a mindset and approach. And the, the software tools are, are there to enable you, if you're using HubSpot, the point of HubSpot is to allow you to do inbound because it's built with that in mind. So as Damesh uh, said, talking in his dad genes, which he's very proud of, um, is to do the right thing even when it's hard and, in fact, especially when it's hard. Just own it. So... Let's switch gears and just spend a few minutes on what's changed in the software. So for the HubSpot users in the room, uh, you're probably aware of, of some of this already. Uh, talking to some HubSpot folks have released more software in the last six months than in the last six years. It's been a massive R&D wave. And for those of us in the agency world of to understand this, work out where it fits, and then advise people correctly on it, yeah, there's a lot to keep up with. But wow, it's, uh, it's really, really good stuff. Uh, what has happened, uh, of course, is no accident. Here you've got the flywheel represented in software and you've got it scaling up. So in the centre is a free CRM where you can kick the tyres and, and play with HubSpot. There's even free versions of the, the software around it. Uh, but the marketing hub and the sales hub and the service hub. Uh, so uh, Stephen Higgins from HubSpot is going to talk about the service hub and uh, there's a lot of new developments in that area. But the idea here is that the software can grow uh, with you. So if your flywheel is small to start with, particularly for a startup, you maybe don't need uh, you know, a huge amount of, of software uh, tools and resources. But if you grow and grow and grow, like if you go in like a vidyard <laughs> with Michael of uh, you know, growing and growing, is that you want the software to be able to grow with you. And so now the circle has been completed by all of the things that were released to fill in the gaps a month ago, is that you've now got marketing and sales and service hub at a starter level, at a pro level and an enterprise level. It's a concept of it. Just think of the flywheel growing and the software can grow to suit. So I'm going to step you through uh, some of the software features. Um, when I downloaded a slide deck to be able to update you, it was a slide deck that was a rapid sequence of screenshots of, of software features and I didn't want to inflict half an hour of that on you. Uh, what I want to do is give you the, the key points of, uh, of what's in the software releases and then where you can go to find out a bit more about what's most relevant uh, to you. So start a professional enterprise. Those are the three levels as the software grows uh, up, scales up. Uh, and enterprise in particular, a lot of development in the enterprise space. And also the concept of buying all three together in a growth suite 
And this is a really attractive way. I don't know how long this is going to run for. There's no published end date, I think, Brian, at this stage, is it? It's, um, so right now, it's, uh, it's a, a good option to look at is to get marketing hub and sales hub and service hub either all at the starter level or all at the pro level or all at the enterprise level and get a 25% discount on the whole lot as a perpetual discount. So it's a really, really um, um, good deal. And then the HubSpot CRM has now been made available standalone. So this, the CRM itself, uh, if you're comparing to, I guess, at a basic level, the likes of WordPress and so on, up the line of, of different, um, uh, different hosting of your, your website, the CRM part is, uh, is free, but the, um, uh, the ability to host your, your website in the, the CMS, actually, is, uh, is now available separately. So I'm just, I'll touch on that as well. But let's step through uh, what's, what's changed. New and improved enterprise products. Uh, I've taken the headlines of what would have each been an individual slide uh, with screenshots of uh, features added across the platform, a really rich set of features uh, across that. And keeping in mind going up to an enterprise level, if you've got large teams, you need enhanced team control because you need hierarchies of teams, of, of, of sales teams that, that roll up into geography teams like EMEA versus North America versus APAC. You need the ability to structure your teams. So that's really been beefed up. And single sign-on has been added as well. So you don't have this whole separate uh, login part to maintain as an enterprise uh, to, to tie that in. If you're big users of, of, uh, of Slack, that's been built in. Uh, bots, no secret that that's an area that, that, that is exploding. Uh, but the customization within the bots, uh, the ton of R&D in that space, and much more to come as well around artificial intelligence. Uh, so at an enterprise level, very customised writing of, of bots. If you have an internal dev team, uh, they can go crazy on this stuff. The um, predictive lead scoring has really been ramped up using artificial intelligence to look at customer behaviour within the software. Calculated properties, where you might want certain uh, multiple properties that are in the database for your customers to then calculate maybe some other metric that you use in the business. That's really handy. We're already uh, using that. And um, recurring revenue reporting, if your business is a monthly ongoing, then a sale isn't just a sale, right? It's a, it's a subscription model. So that's, uh, that's in there now as well. Relational imports is bringing in multiple objects. If you're moving from another system into HubSpot, you've now got the ability to import these other objects and the linkages between them. Really important because uh, you'd, you'd never want to lose those associations just by migrating uh, into this platform. And multiple currencies, fantastic. Uh, I mean, that's, that's already been a, a boon just for us. We're only a small business. But um, that's solved a lot of uh, headaches around handling currency. So that's across the platform. I'll touch on some specifics that relate to marketing and sales. And, uh, and I'll leave uh, Stephen to cover the service hub with you. So in the marketing hub enterprise and sales hub enterprise, um, I've got a, a link to this at the bottom. It's also on my last slide. In, uh, there's a whole update of detail you can get in less time than a coffee break, as it says. So in Marketing Hub Enterprise, I've collected another batch of screenshots uh, together that would have only been readable in the front three rows anyway um, to give you the, the key points that if you're a HubSpot user uh, to consider that this is uh, helping you. A lot more analytics uh, filtering within the platform. And in terms of enabling your... Uh, your team to do social posting. You've got permission levels as to who can craft messages, who can 
uh, post messages within the platform for social. Now, social advocacy shows great ROI. Um, you know, I see businesses like SAP, Panasonic, others getting amazing uh, results through social advocacy. So having those sorts of tools really helps. Um, content partitioning out into, again, a, a, whoops, sorry, a geographically uh, spread business that is um, uh, in different languages as well. If you've got a team that is working on the French pages and uh, another team that's working on the German pages, how do you do that without tripping over each other? Uh, so important divisions there for enterprise. Uh, send frequency cap as, as it sounds, so you're not accidentally blasting one customer because multiple departments are all emailing them. Nice way to just dampen that down with a, uh, with a cap. Uh, membership driven, con driven content, uh, I can see this also becoming really valuable in the service hub side where you can make pages of your site only visible to certain people because you might want to, uh, certain information that only your existing customers can see, not their public for, for web access. So making that easier. YouTube integration uh, embedded into the enterprise platform as well to see your YouTube metrics within your, your marketing data. Uh, and continuous optimization of um, uh, the, I guess, split testing and uh, conversion rate optimization that I'm sure some of you are, are doing that or maybe have a team to do that uh, is tools to help that in a continuous um, artificially intelligent uh, assisted way. So that's a, a quick cap of, uh, of, of what is uh, some of many new features that have been rolled out across the platform, specific to Marketing Hub and for, for enterprise. So if you're using um, maybe Salesforce together with Pardot, for example, of looking at, well, how, how do the, uh, the Pardot features compare with something like this? Uh, yeah, this is where you would go. And for the Sales Hub, for the enablement of your uh, hopefully inbound savvy sales team who are not bombarding customers but are building relationships uh, using great tools like video uh, of how you, you do that. Now video has been built in across the platform so it's not called out here individually. Um, it's now in there within Pro Enterprise. I'm using this every day. It's very easy to just bring up a, instead of just sending an email to say uh, you know, it was great to have that meeting with you yesterday. Uh, it's super easy to just click a video button and just send a video instead. Because the conversion stats on doing that are incredible of just uh, how, how much of a relationship that builds if you put uh, face to camera. But in terms of the uh, Sales Hub Enterprise, much more control over goaling for, for sales teams and, and sales uh, quotas and how people are doing against their quota and measuring that. Uh, Call transcription and recording is as it sounds. It's there by default in the enterprise platform. So provided that legally uh, you, you're in a situation where you can do it, uh, that it can record the call and also transcribe it for you. So the whole call that you've had is, is there within your data if you choose to turn that on. Uh, quote approvals is for the sign-off process because you can now do quotes within HubSpot, but you probably have uh, management levels certain value of quotes or certain levels of discount, maybe need to go for VP approval, something like that. An enterprise, of course, would, would want that feature, uh, as with e-signature for getting things signed right there within the platform. This removal of friction, if you think of it in that context, a lot of this is just getting the tools to just do this for you instead of using 50 different tools, which is then a pain in the neck. Um, the calling API, this is if you are um, wanting the scenario that customers can dial in to you and you dial back out and you're doing that all through the CRM. 
it's beefed up the ability to have your, your full um, telephony integration within the platform through a calling API. Using uh, tools like Aircall, for example, yeah, there's, uh, and there's thousands of tools out there, but the platforms can be integrated in of your choice. Uh, and playbooks. Uh, if you're in a medium to large size organisation, there's a good chance you've got playbooks that are guiding the sales tool, uh, say sales team. They're on a conversation with a customer and they find that, oh, um, let's say uh, they've already got a Toyota car and that's significant for whatever reason uh, in that phone call. Well, the playbook could tell you, here's what we recommend you talk about because they've got a Toyota. Just to guide your sales team on recipes for success that, uh, that are proven. That's a quick snapshot of uh, marketing enterprise and, uh, and sales hub enterprise. Video is, uh, is throughout the platform. And because Michael's talking uh, from Vidyard, so uh, by default within the pro and enterprise um, uh, platforms, you can just click the video button to send video in an email. So it's there for the sales team. Uh, it's also there in the service um, hub platform. And you can host your videos natively now. You can drag a, a video up into the HubSpot library to host it. Uh, the same as you would an, an image. Super easy. I'd started using it the first day. It was a, just a no-brainer. And of course, you get the play statistics on, uh, on the consumption of, uh, and conversion of that. The ability to add calls to action and forms right there within the videos. Really cool stuff. Uh, so the HubSpot CMS I mentioned is now available uh, separately. So you don't have to buy... Uh, sales uh, or, or marketing or the service hub, you can get the CMS standalone as a web hosting platform. Why would you do that and not base your website on WordPress or some other platform where it is already today, some enterprise or other platform? It's the only CMS that has in integrated CRM. That's a fundamental difference which makes it very powerful. There's many other features to it like the built-in mobile friendly nature of how it can render the pages uh, that it's a global content delivery network to keep the speed of the, the site up, to keep the uptime, to be secure, all of those things that you would expect as well. But it's got a CRM, so it's customer savvy. And then you can do cool stuff with that, like if you're an existing client of mine, a website might say certain things to you, but if you're not in a client of mine, that same website might say something a little different to you. Think of Spotify, for example. If you're a Spotify customer and you go to the Spotify website and the Spotify website says, sign up with Spotify today, and you're like, well, I'm already a Spotify customer. You haven't recognised. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather your website tell me what the new albums are. So that customer experience means that your website needs to know who the customer is. So that's the, uh, that's the HubSpot CMS. So one gratuitous screenshot uh, to include of um, what the feature looks like. Um, but so many features, so many features rolled out over the last six months. So HubSpot Academy, uh, this is on a link if you were to just Google um, HubSpot updates in less time than a, um, a coffee break. Um, it's quite a long URL, but uh, easy, easy to find. And I think, Clue, these slides will be available right now for people to download. Oh, someone took a photo. Don't you hate it when the slide moves just as you push the... <laughs> Um, and so that's HubSpot folks explaining each of those features uh, in more detail than, than I've covered. Uh, but hopefully there's something in there that you've seen that might solve a problem for you today, might re reduce a bit of friction, and, and maybe download those tools to do your own customer code and your own flywheel as some uh, thinking around the year ahead 
of how you apply inbound in this circular fashion and not have the customer pop out the bottom of a funnel as, a, as an afterthought. Um, so the inbound methodology has changed. It's now the flywheel, and, uh, and that's really fundamentally what's new. Hopefully I've given you some, ins um, some idea of what the inbound event is in Boston that goes for three and a half days, 330 breakout sessions. So you just can't attend everything, so you pick what to go to. But there's a lot of human stories as well as the technical updates. And um, this last slide, I'll do a little experiment here. So uh, we'll be doing our flywheel and, and publishing uh, that over time. This screenshot on the right is your LinkedIn app on your mobile. I've just been trying this lately to see how many folks actually know about it. If you bring up your LinkedIn app, the little search bar on LinkedIn has a tiny little square symbol on it. And, uh, and if you hit that square symbol, it gives you your code. So if you meet some people and say, oh, look, sorry, I haven't got a business card and they haven't got a business card, and you bring up your LinkedIn, you just push that button to bring up your code and you scan each other boop, and you're, you're linked. Someone want to try that? Just, just hold your phone up. Does it work? Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Ramsey. So Ramsey and I are now connected. I think that's really cool. That's probably one of the most least known features uh, in the LinkedIn app. Everybody's got it. It works also from, from the camera directly. Yeah, it's from your, um, from your phone camera. Uh, and all I've done is there is taken the QR code and popped it on my slide. So, um, very neat. So QR codes do still have a purpose um, hanging on by their fingertips as to, uh, as to how they work. Um, so, yeah, if you'd like to connect, and if I can help you in any way uh, at all of um, anything that I've shared today, um, you know, I'd love to do that. And thank you again, Cluid for opportunity on um, an update on inbound. Right, thank you.